Now, this particular nightcap is titled Share, but don't take, plus Wild Bill Flint. <clears throat> the reason for that is because we're going to talk about this in two parts. And the first part and component of this is going to be another read of another article by one of my favorite authors. Maybe he doesn't consider himself an author, but if you write a thing, you're an author. So, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're talking about sharing things, but not taking them. So, let's begin. Eh, I figures writers write, authors are published. I don't know. That's a little bit of a tomato-tomato argument for me, I, I guess. I guess? All right, so maybe he's not one of my favorite authors. Maybe he's one of my favorite writers. I'll go with it. I'm not one to split hairs. At least not all the time. Actually, that's wrong. I'm very much a person that splits hairs and believes that words need to be accurate because otherwise, what's the point? But we need to dig into this because, um, uh, like I said, this article, or rather this episode, is going to kind of have two parts. So in the first part, we're just going to do a little bit of reading here by something that Mr. Wild Bill Flint has written and been gracious enough to share with us. And I say share very importantly because... This is obviously not my content. Maybe that's not so obvious, but it should be obvious. I'm reading something, or I'm narrating something that was written by someone else. <clears throat> and that's an important distinction, and we'll get to that a little bit later. So, let's call this up. Um, and by the way, if you are unfamiliar with this particular fellow... This is Wild Bill Flint on Twitter um, is where you can find him and you can read all the rest of his great writing uh, and sort of thoughts, okay? So as soon as I call this up, oh boy, come on, here we go. I have to scroll up because I was talking to Mr. Wild Bill Flint about this earlier uh, this afternoon and or evening. And so, let's get right to it. So, he posted this to his timeline. If you'd like to read the text of this post, and I recommend that you do, um, this is on his Twitter account, Wild Bill Flint. And he has several pieces and parts to what I would call a series here. And I'm reading the reading this a little bit out of order. <clears throat> but this one is 2020-1109. I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but that's okay. The Ofe Chalet, Silver Bullets and Rage, Creativity, Commitment 5. So, here we go. Trying out the Q10 distraction-free uh, distraction word processor. It's, well, I'm only one line into it. 
But so far, it's a damn dream. And apparently I nailed it, so thanks, Wild Bill. It's got some kind of recorded typewriter sounds for each key click. Is amber on black. Is carriage return bell as well. Perfectamundo! Sitting here now, my brain flashes back to the White Lodge, a time in my life that's been on my mind as of late. In my early 20s, I had roommates. We shared a house in upstate New York for a couple-slash-few years. The social group's patriarch... Well, yeah, I'm going to need to do a whole thing about Duncan. Had lived there with his... uh, wife, I guess. But when he moved out, we figured we'd move in. He pretentiously dubbed the house The White Lodge as a Twins Peak fan. This was about 1992-1993. After his departure, it became a moniker of self-aware mockery. After all, not all pretensions of the past earn authenticity in their futures. Not very many at all. But hell, it was a few acres of land in the middle of no place for $750 a month. Landlord was in Florida. I don't remember if anybody's name but mine was on the lease, but I was the one who was in charge of getting the rent to the guy. The other guys tended to be pretty lax about having the rent at all, much less on time. So tensions were higher than they otherwise would be. It was a valuable set of lessons, expensively learned. Aside from a girlfriend or two, I'd lived alone ever since. There were between three and five of us, depending on the season. The White Lodge stories are vast and insane. But we had one guy living with, with us, Jeff, who's a good 12 years older than us. He's an excellent guitar player and had a reasonable voice, but a construction carpenter by trade. He's easily the most narcissistic piece of shit I've ever known, chasing around my guitar-playing girlfriend, who thought it was as fucking adorable as it was ridiculous. Generally being a snide cunt at most opportunities. Plus, he had added Achilles' heel, being exceedingly anal retentive. He was smarter than everybody he'd ever met, and once declared out loud with his face that there wasn't anybody at the New York Renaissance Festival whose ass he couldn't kick. This is the kind of gem of humanity we're dealing with here. I had a magnetic poetry kit on the fridge. And one day I, knowing how it would play out, alphabetized the whole thing. Jeff came home one day, and seeing the arrangement, let out an audible sigh of relief. I've thought about doing that. He smiled and nodded. You, uh, you know why I did that? (laughs) No, why? I put my fingers on the fridge above the top of the magnets and just raked them down, upsetting them and ripping them all out of position. So I could do that, and I walked away. I could balance out the story from my own filters by talking about his better qualities, but the hindsight of about 30 years doesn't really leave him with very many. One day... Fletcher and I were playing chess, listening to the self-titled Bloodline album on the house stereo. Bloodline was, I think, a one-project band with Joe Bonamassa on guitar and a bunch of other guys who 
all had famous musician parents. Don't quote me on it, I don't know. But the damn music was excellent. I recommend it still. Jeff came in from work up the split-level stairs behind me and started commenting on the music. Yeah, these guys are never going to be famous. It's, uh, you know, it's all just kind of rock 101, basic 12-bar stuff. Fletcher was watching me shaking my back to Jeff and got wide-eyed at the expression on my face. I had had it. I looked at Fletcher. <laughs> While Bill Flit drives in, oh God, it pisses me off even hearing it 28 years later. I looked at Fletcher, stood up. I'd like to say winked, but I wasn't all that together. I turned around and said, <laughs> Flixology 101 is pissed off too. Shit. I turned around and said in my outside voice, <clears throat> That 17-year-old kid plays guitar with more soul in one note than I've ever heard come out of yours in the four years I've known you. He stopped. No last word, snippy Lord Baelish quip, nothing. Just turned, walked to his room, closed the door. We literally did not see him for three days. He had the master bedroom with the bathroom. I'd love to say, I turned around, sat down, moved one chess piece, and said, Checkmate. And then put on his sunglasses, his fucking The Who plays. But I'm pretty sure Fletcher went on to trounce me in my emotional imbalance. Not that I had more than even a shot at beating him otherwise. I really suck at chess. I always have. I think uh, much too broadly to do the math the way I'd need in order to be any good at it. Chess is a narrow and deep process. Hell, I think it was a week later, after life was more or less normal again, that Jeff approached me when I was doing fucking God knows what in the garage, and he said, Boy, what, uh, what you said that really got to me. I could have brushed it off. I could have given him the apology he was looking for, but God damn it, he deserved it. Huh was all I could muster without eye contact. He went away. Call it a massive side effect of insecurity on my part, but I've always, with just about anyone I've known that I've had any doubt of, had a silver bullet with their name on it. It's the only time I've ever actually deployed something like that, ever, it's a security blanket of a sort, just something in the chamber that I could call on that would rip someone's self-appraisal to fucking shreds. It's interesting that I'm now far more sparing about who I'll do that with. It's the first time I've overtly thought about it in years, but there are more and more people I know nowadays that just don't require such things. Oh, I still do it. There are a couple people... I have now whose psyche I could dissolve as surely as if they were dropped in a vat of acid with a single short sentence. It's equal parts an improvement in my personal, emotional landscape and the resulting discernment and not associating with people I might feel the need to fucking destroy. Plus, moving to the South isn't hurt matters much. 
fast forward past 40 minutes of dicking around on Twitter. The problem with this process is that as much as I enjoy it, I'm handling it wrong. See, I come sit at the cigar lounge, just blast out a couple thousand words. It's good. Pull over the Cathar. I'm getting cathartic. But it's just the beginning. Reed would have written and posted or not. I only ever post about a third of what I put down here. It's really the beginning of an idea, almost always. It's scraping the surface of the ideas that I know have some more depth to them, but being satisfied with any blog post achievement that I leave them alone, patting myself on the back for hitting publish and posting the subsequent link to Twitter. What I need to do is take some of these pieces and constrain myself Trading more on the topic, what will end up happening is I'll thrash around saying the same thing over and over again in the word processor until I find an escape from the foyer of the idea into the next level down, like some twisted psychological version of the old game Rogue. But I've commended myself to go drink this over this evening, which is rapidly approaching. So... I'm going to read this through and post it as is. And there you have it. Okay, so there's the beginning of the frame of the rest of this episode. Flixology101 is super pissed and also hates this guy. And uh, if you want any more of a testament as to what a cool dude and great friend and fellow uh, Flixology101 is... It's probably that right there. But let's let's explore this a little deeper. I'm going to try and keep this to a half hour today. So for those of you listening to this as a podcast, you'll take a brief break. Those of you watching this live, they don't have to worry about shit. So here we go to the second part of this, okay? And I'm not going to... Flixology 101 says, Jeff is the worst. Yeah, Jeff is the worst. And we we don't like that guy now on this podcast. We're just going to, we'll use Jeff now as a euphemism for, dude, you're being a Jeff. I like that. It suits me just fine. But here's the thing, okay? Part of this is without naming names or connecting dots or crossing wires or doing whatever else. There's some people online that have call-outs, okay? They're going to dress people down. They're going to call them out for doing X, Y, Z, one, two, three. They're going to do this, that, or trash them, or say you said a wrong thing or thought of a wrong thing or whatever. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, you don't know what somebody's emotional context is during the day. Maybe they're upset, they're bored, they're mad, they've got cramps, they've got a migraine. I don't know. I don't really care. That's fine. Look, sometimes people say shit. And then later on, you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Whatever. On the same token, there's also deliberate stuff that is really shitty. And in this case, the topic of the episode, share, but don't take. Like, look, I talked about this on the little mini stream earlier. Yes, I used Joe Bob Briggs and the drive-in theater and fright rags and the whole horror fam community thing, whatever, to drum up a little bit of an excitement because, like, hey, that's kind of fun, right? And I'll, I'll be completely honest. 
Yes, I'm hoping that that drums up some excitement and some people in that whole community come to talk about stuff. And hey, maybe you win an action figure. Great. Neat. Because you know what? Fright Rags did an awesome job with that figure. Joe Bob does an awesome job with the last drive-in. Shudder is awesome for putting him back on the air. They get all the credit for that because I haven't been any part of any of that. And I would have thought that that had been clear by the way that I presented a lot of this stuff. It's not mine. I didn't do it. I didn't build it. I don't take any credit for any of that fucking whatsoever. Same thing. If you're going to do call-outs and you're going to call out to someone, you're going to say, hey, this is inspired by whatever. If you're going to post their source material, don't don't go on the precipice that... Like, you know what you're doing when you sleight of hand it so that it seems like it was your piece of content. That sucks. I don't care if it's a blog post. I don't care if it's a fucking tweet. I don't care if it's a single goddamn emoji. If that wasn't yours and you didn't do it and you didn't say it, whether that's the recounting of an experience, a description of something, a picture, a photo, a note, doesn't matter what it is, if it didn't come from you, then don't take credit like it was your piece of content that you created. At the very least, have the grace and the decorum to put in that this is taken directly from someone else, that this is attributed to someone else, that this is a story or recollection or whatever it is, however you want to term it. But don't just copy pasta it out there like it's yours. Like, come on. And I know there's a lot of horror narrators out there. Raven's Dreams. Raven's Dreams YT. As a YouTube channel, guy puts out tons of videos. Hard work, man. Guy does his own titles, his own graphics. He narrates the stuff. He edits the audio. does all the uploads. I know what a pain in the ass that is because I do it four, five nights a week. It's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to do this, record this podcast, put the episode out there, push it all out around social media, it takes work. So don't take that from somebody else. Lady Spookeria just had, I think, one of those uh, recently, too, where somebody was, and maybe it wasn't her, but I, I, I know she's in the community enough to have seen that happen. People will do a narration of a video, and then you'll see a compilation that somebody po posts to YouTube where they don't even, like, barely call out or say that any of that comes from anywhere else. They just scalp that on through and upload it because well hey man you know i got bills i gotta pay too well good make your own stuff then or if you're gonna do an episode like that contact the people and ask them first just fucking ask them first just ask them first and say hey man i'd like to post this you did a really good job i really thought this was cool do you mind if i put this in one of my compilation episodes do you mind if i read this on stream do you mind if I do X, Y, Z, one, two, three with it? If the person says no, well, then you know what? Too bad for you. I had a couple stories that I wanted to air, uh, narrate, and the people said no, and so I respected that, and I didn't do it. I had some people that were very happy about that, and great. Here's their Reddit account, and their Twitter, and their Twitch stream, and their Instagram, and their Facebook, and their parlor, and their gab and whatever else you want to pitch shill attach collaborate collate however you want to do it but that was their thing 
Yes. Yes, I absolutely am hoping that the people who liked that content will come check this content out and thus give myself a boost. But I always want to make sure that it's 100% clear that the stuff I'm calling out to and referencing back to, whether I read it or talk about it or whatever, that I post your handle or that I say that this comes from you, that that's not from me. You got to do that, folks. Because if you're not, then you're just stealing it. And I'm sorry, I don't care how you want to justify it. You're a petty little fucking thief. And fuck you. That's it. That's the nightcap today. So, you know, I know Flixology 101, he's got a website with articles and stuff on there. I'm sure that's always running through the back of your head. And some dude just... Control A, Control C, Control V this on their own website. It happens. And it sucks. That absolutely sucks. Maybe you want to call those people out. Maybe they made an awkward mistake. I don't know. But the point is, just don't do it. Just don't do it. You know, have, have your own voice, have your own stuff. Like, it's hard work. It's hard work coming up with this stuff. Flixology 101, your stuff is absolutely worth stealing. It 100% is worth stealing. I know, talking to you and dealing with you, how much work and how much time it took you even to just do the mausoleum article with Ben the Gardener. It's absolutely worth stealing. You're funny. That was a great read. It was a great write that took time, that took effort, that was your time and your effort. Again, if someone else wants to link to it or do whatever else or read it or narrate it, that's all fine and well and dandy and great. But you gotta give credit back to the original person. It's not yours! It's not yours. Quit pretending like it's yours. That really sucks. It's not fair. It's not nice to anyone. Fixology 101 says amen. Um, that's it. That's the... Yesterday was a little bit more of a goofball episode talking about conies and coney dogs. This is a little more serious. Yeah, granted, we told some Wild Bill had some silly moments in the, the post that he wrote, but bringing that back around to something that's a little more serious. Don't steal content from people like that, man. That's, that's bullshit. That's a, that's a sucker move. You know, if you want help, if you want advice, if you want a signal boost, I'll signal boost you. There's people on Twitter. They'll signal boost you. It's a great community of people out there. Look, I'm not even saying all of it's great. But that's fine. Because you're not going to get to that point unless you share it and you get feedback and you build a community and you talk and do all that other fun stuff. Don't steal other people's fucking creative works. It's bullshit. Hope you're all doing well out there. You can find me, Cigar Goyle, underscore on Twitter, Cigar Goyle Lounge. On Instagram, you can find Wild Bill Flint on Twitter as well. Uh, he'll talk to you. You can follow Flixology 101 on Twitter as well, as well as go to the Flixology 101 website where he pairs movies and drinks together. If you don't know what to drink while you're watching a movie, it's the best place to go. If you're looking for great tales about New York City and all sorts of other shenanigans, Wild Bill Flint's got... A great blog with all of that stuff written down. They're all on there. They're happy to talk to you. Collaborate. Communicate. Get together. It's a lot of fun. And you can stop by back here. 11 p.m. Eastern. Cigar Goyle Lounge Nightcap. 
Cigar Goyle on Twitch.tv. Again, Cigar Goyle Lounge on Instagram. Cigar Goyle Lounge podcast. Pretty much where all podcasts are found. That's it. Take care out there. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, take care. Have yourselves a great night. I love you all out there. Stay safe. Be the... uh, My good God. Stay safe. Keep the faith. All that good shit. I'll have a good night. Take care, everybody. See you soon.